Welcome to the future of flushing. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron. And before we get into anything, before we do anything, we're just going to jump straight to single A baseball because Blade Tidwell had a night and we don't want to keep anybody waiting. We want to get right into it because Blade Tidwell struck out 11 hitters for his second consecutive start. And that's only one day after Dom Hamill went out there and dominated pretty similarly. Yes, good evening, Vito. Good evening, good morning to the listeners, I should say. And um, yeah, why bury the lead when Blade Tidwell is giving us incredible stuff to talk about? Like you said, 11 strikeouts on Thursday night. Blade Tidwell continues to dominate. Last night, or this morning, if you listen this morning, we told you that Tyler Stewart has allowed no more than two runs in any of his 14 outings this season. Well, now Blade Tidwell has allowed no more than two runs in nine straight starts. And he's got 51 strikeouts, Vito, since the start of June. That's tied for the most by any pitcher in minor league baseball, one of the guys he's tied with, Grayson Rodriguez, and that's it, that name sounds familiar to the listeners. He was the number seven ranked prospect entering the season, Baltimore Orioles farmhand, a real, real flamethrower. And Blake Tidwell is in the conversation with names like that. That's how good Blade Tidwell has been of late. Blade Tidwell is just on a dominant path right now. That's 25 swings and misses tonight. The next highest whiff total in high A had 13. Yeah, and that's that's just a really good way to contextualize the kind of stratosphere that Blade Tidwell is is in on his own right now compared to his peers. He's just, I think I said this a few episodes ago, a few starts ago, he's a guy that no hitter wants to face at all. He is in full control, watched a little bit of that game tonight. He was just toying with hitters, the fastball, the slider, and then he's got the changeup in his bag, making guys look confused. It's just, it's it's quite funny to watch guys and, and the, the gaze out at the pitcher's mound when their plate appearance is over before they head back to the dugout. So just another fantastic performance by Blade Tidwell. And you mentioned this one day after Dom Hamill strikes out 11. And we saw Tyler Stewart. You saw Tyler Stewart. You were there for it, Vito. (laughs) You saw Tyler Stewart strike out 11 recently. And I wonder if organizationally, I'm sure these guys all keep touch with each other, if it's like a anything you can do, I can do better type situation because it feels like every single night we do one of these recap episodes. There's another fantastic pitching performance to talk about. It's, it's, it's amazing. Amazing starts here, right? Amazing does start here. That is the motto of Mets player development, especially over at the Cyclone Stadium. Yeah, man, it is just really fun to watch minor league games on the MLB.tv app right now. I mean, John, I don't know about you, but I'm jonesing to get to another Cyclones game right now. Yeah, and who knows? Who knows how much longer Blade Tidwell will be in Brooklyn along with Tyler Stewart. We saw Christian Scott get the promotion to Binghamton about a month ago now. Here's the thing about Blade Tidwell. For fans listening, you know, prospects are, are just that. They're prospects. That's a, a line that Buck Showalter said on Mets up with Mark and James back in spring training, and there's merit to that. You don't know when these guys are going to come up. Until they step on the major league field, they're sort of abstract. But Blake Tidwell is a guy who's really not that far away considering he was a college arm, considering his age, considering the polish on him. He's a guy that has a bag of pitches that he can throw in any count for a strike at any time. He's a guy that's not a project. He's not a 17, 18-year-old arm that came out of high school and needs to learn how to be a pro. 
he's there already. So now it's just a matter of how aggressive the Mets are going to be when it comes to pushing Blade Tidwell, and we'll see where he winds up in the coming weeks and months. And just remember, 29 other teams passed on this guy in the draft, and I think he's the kind of name that we're going to be repeating that for years to come. We will be saying, how did 29 other people whiff on this guy if he keeps this up? Because as John said, prospects are prospects, but when you see raw talent, it's really hard to deny. And Blake Tidwell's talent was obvious, Vito. He was a top 25 prospect before the draft last year. He fell to the Mets for whatever reason. The Mets were very lucky to get him where they did. The Mets are thrilled to have the, the opportunity to draft him where they did. Obviously, the Mets signed him, made Blake Tidwell their own, and now they're reaping the benefit of that. And um, like I said, it's just it's, it's so special to be able to talk about these guys on a nightly basis. And you said that, you know, one day we'll, the 29 other teams might look back and say, wow, how did we let Blake Tidwell fall? One day we might be talking about this 2023 Brooklyn Cyclones team. And it's like start the documentary, you know, like there's so much talent on this pitching staff. Tyler Stewart leads all minor league baseball in ERA. Blade Tidwell, as I mentioned about five minutes ago, as we've just been talking about all the accolades of Blade Tidwell, tied for the most strikeouts in minor league baseball since the beginning of June. The Cyclones' bullpen has been great all season long. This is a very talented Brooklyn Cyclones team, but it's not just limited to Brooklyn. There's talent throughout the system. And in that Cyclones bullpen, just another name to bring up and just say some numbers. Paul Gervais has a 1.07 ERA and 33.2 innings pitch, 52 strikeouts and a 1.31 whip. I mean, the arms are juiced right now. I, If you live in New York, how are you not just going to Cyclones games constantly to see this talent? If you listen to this podcast, you probably are. So we're probably yelling at the wrong people. (laughs) We should be yelling at other people about you got to get to the Cyclones games. But enough about Blade Tidwell. If there ever is enough, let's talk about the rest of this game because Kevin Parada just again with two hits in this game. OBP on the season is 356, and that's up 21 points since where it was on play entering May 28th. Yeah, Parada has just continued to rake. That's all there is to it. Another two hits on Thursday night. Like you said, the on-base percentage, 356, a very healthy on-base percentage. Great, great signs. A couple other notes from this game. And then, Vito, I have a promo for you that I want to bring up. But let's hit on some other some other points. DeAndre Smith, two doubles in this game for the Cyclones, including one in the 10th inning. Um, the Cyclones led this game, blew it late, and then scored three runs in the 10th inning to win 7-4. DeAndre Smith contributed in that big 10th inning. And Billy Barrel stayed hot. He's now hit safely in six of his last seven games after a hit on Thursday. But now I want to be the promo guy. John, I had an idea for a name for what we call the promo person for an episode. Okay, let's hear it. It's Anthony DePromo. Anthony DePromo. We should run it by him and see what he thinks. Maybe he can get involved in the, uh, in the in the promoting the promos. But how do you feel about Anthony DePromo? I was pretty proud of it when I came up with it this morning. Actually, when I was looking at the promos, I started calling myself Anthony DePromo. I like that. Now, how about this? What if Anthony DePromo went to the Italian deli and wanted to get himself a sandwich with a little ham on it? What would you call him? Anthony De Prosciutto? De, De Parma? It is a type of prosciutto. It is a type of prosciutto. It is, right? So we were both right because I was saying prosciutto and you were saying parma, yeah. and it's all the yeah, same the parma. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a terrible pun to begin with, but I want to hear the sandwich. You walk in. You can build your sandwich of any fixings at all in the world. 
What are you getting? I mean, I'm, I'm usually a little basic B, and I usually do get an Italian classic, just a classic Italian sandwich. But you know, I am it. a big mortadella guy. I love mortadella. I was crushing mortadella in Italy last year. I think we both went to the same sandwich place. I forgot the name of it where you get those square sandwiches with like the, the mortadella just like oozing out of it. And the pistachio sauce on it. Did you not go there? I thought we both went to the sandwich place. I don't even know what a mortadella is. I was about to ask you, what is that? Mortadella is like a pork. It's a pork. It's it's like the same thing, like a prosciutto type pork. It's I get mortadella. I like prosciutto. Um, I like Parma. capicola. Or Parma. As, or as some people say, gabagool is capicola. Okay. Um, but I like I like all the meats. You know, Arby's baby, give me the meats. What about you? So What's you're your so you're ordering an Italian sub, and that's like. Salami. That's like the cold cuts. You're not talking like a, a chicken cutlet hero with a little parma, a little mozzarella, a little fresh basil, the oil. I find the chicken cutlet sandwiches overdoing it. I mean, like, I don't understand why you need to put breaded chicken in between two pieces of bread. Because it's delicious. That's why. It is delicious. But, like, I like the chicken. Like, I, one, you have to remember I'm very picky about my Italian food because I have an, uh, an amazing Italian mom who makes Italian food. So I don't really mm-hmm. go eating, like, chicken parm out that much. Um, and when I do eat chicken parm, I just like to eat it as a dish that my mom made. I, usually in a sandwich, it suffers. It's not as good as the dish chicken parm. I guess. I mean, an Italian, uh, the kind of sandwich I'm talking about isn't necessarily a chicken parm. I'm talking about the cutlet. And then it's got all the other dressings, and they complement each other so so well. I just like I like a, I like a cold cut sandwich. But what's your so your go to sandwich? You're saying is just a, a chicken cutlet hero. If I'm if I'm being a bad boy, if I'm being a real bad Ooh. boy. Then, probably yes. But you know what? I like, I like a chicken cutlet with a little coleslaw on it. I don't know if that's. Uh, I just you're. I get like the listener needs to know that John doesn't like cheese, so nothing he ever gets is gonna have cheese on it. Yeah, you're right. I guess I guess that does differentiate me and kind of uh, just just throw a wrench in the in the conversation when it comes to my sandwich because everyone else, you know, nine out of the ten normies out there, the cheese eating normies. They're, um, you know, they're, they're getting some cheese on that thing. Not me, though. Not now, me. I do think the Bobby alarm's going to go off soon. He's going to send us a text tomorrow and say, I said you guys can't talk about sushi. I didn't say that you could talk about sandwiches forever. So, John, what was the promo you wanted to talk about? We were talking about how the Cyclones were killing it, and the Cyclones are running out a Yellowstone promotion. That's the TV show, right? It's a Netflix show? It's, a, it- it's a TV show. I think it's on Paramount and Peacock. Got it. So they're wearing they're wearing a uniform. They're doing a hat. First thousand fans. I know that. I remember when that show was big. What was it, a couple years ago? It's that was still when pretty it was like big. I think. Is it? They call it the Working Man Succession. Haven't seen either of them. So I don't like cheese and I don't watch TV shows. Two things you should know about John. <laughs> but I saw a lot of comments responding to the Cyclones tweet because I was still on Twitter today. Um, follow me on Threads, by the way, at JMB nine one nine one. Have you joined the Threads wave? I have not joined the Threads wave. Thirty million people have. I I don't think I can handle another social media at this juncture in my life. That's fine. That's fair. I didn't join Be Real. Did you join Be Real? I've never, I've never been real, not once. You not even in spring training. You weren't in the background of people's be reels. Maybe inadvertently, but I was never being real myself. Yeah, I'm not real. I'm a fraud. Yeah, but anyway, Cyclones tweeted about this today, and 
all I saw was positive, overwhelmingly positive reaction. So sounds like it'll be a good night and just another W when it comes to Cyclones promotion. So that's what happened with the Cyclones. As I mentioned, they won seven of four on Thursday night. Blade Tidwell shoves again, nine straight dominant outings, and that's the story. Now let's move on to the Syracuse Mets, another winner on Thursday night. The Syracuse Mets won 6-1 against the Worcester Red Sox. You can guess which team they're an affiliate of. And in that game, Luke Ritter, who's just been on a tear, and as I always say, turning out to be quite the prospect. My daughter's favorite. Your daughter's favorite. Sophia Rose's favorite player. Homered his fifth with Syracuse and his 19th this season overall. I mean, the kid can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. That's why they call him Luke the Hitter Ritter. Um, And it was really the bottom of the Syracuse lineup that got the job done on Thursday. Abraham Almonte hit fifth. He homered. Jalen Davis hit sixth. He homered. And Ritter hit seventh. He homered. And for Jalen Davis, he hit a shot 112.4 off the bat. So he's now got 11 homers for Syracuse and 12 overall on the season as the Syracuse Mets continue to compile that depth that if the Mets need a bat, they can dip into the Syracuse Mets arsenal of bats, if you would, and get help up at the major league level. Jose Budo started this game for Syracuse on Thursday, and he was good. Tossed five in the third innings of one run ball, struck out six. It was no Blake Tidwell 25 whiffs, but it was 16 whiffs for Jose Budo. A nice number. And how about Sean Reed Foley, Vito? His seventh rehab appearance, pitched a scoreless inning on a third, and he topped out at 97.4. And that got me thinking. I went back and I looked at his 2021 league average velocities. He averaged 93.7 on his four-seam fastball. So Sean Reed Foley apparently throwing harder than ever as he rehabs from his Tommy John surgery, continues to work his way back. Do you think anybody else's brain works like yours? Like where you were like, and then I saw this one thing, and then, you know, I obviously had to go check this out. There's got to be like a bunch of other people who were like, hey, man, I did the exact same thing when I saw that. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I've I've mentioned this to you because you've 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 come up with some gems in the past where you've like you've been like, you know what? I wonder. I was th- I saw this and I wondered this. Good research is all about asking the right question, right? Yeah, it's how we get to the good stuff. So, I saw he through 97 plus and i wondered is this harder than ever because i didn't remember him throwing that hard necessarily you know sean reed foley with his very interesting wind up the mechanics um you know i don't even know how to describe it there's no pictures to this podcast so i just kind of like flail my arms out but no one's gonna see that i remember him sitting 94 95 not 97 so an interesting development is sean reed foley could be an arm that helps the mets before the year's over and that's why we love you, because you do come up with the good questions. We're going to move on to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, who unfortunately lost 6-1 to one to the Portland Sea Dogs. Do you want fries with that? Because Brendan Fryman extended that hitting streak to 12 games. I did not give John any anticipation that I was going to start off with Brendan Fryman, that I was going to do that pun. And I, the look, of, the smile, I feel like, is that he enjoyed, do you want fries with that? You definitely caught me off guard with that. I'll tell, I'll tell you that much. But, yeah, we gave Brendan Fryman a little love last night. Vito just nailed it right there. 12-game hitting streak. So good stuff all around by the Fry man, if you would. Although I'm more of an onion ring guy, not going to lie. I don't know. That's a hot take. 
but I know we can't talk about food anymore on this episode. We've way surpassed our, our quota of food minutes. Well, kids in the hall had another good outing because Dylan Hall retired all five batters he faced with two strikeouts in relief. He did. Dylan Hall, the ERA is just north of three. Another intriguing bullpen arm right now, obviously pitching for the Rumble Ponies. A good outing on Thursday. And I was actually disappointed in myself and both of us that we forgot to mention Jalen Palmer couple nights ago i think we missed it because we took the night off july 4th all that jazz jalen palmer homered hit his first homer for the rumble ponies a few days ago he hit his second homer on thursday night the first one was a shot to right center field actually a very impressive shot he pulled his homer tonight so displaying good pull side power jalen palmer for the Rumble Ponies as he's making the most of his opportunity in double A. And before we move on to the St. Lucie Mets, Junior Santos, although he got touched up a little bit, did end up striking out eight batters, only walked two, which all in all is a good sign, right, John? It is. Junior Santos, a guy that is a heavy sinker guy. Um, when he's pitching to contact and he's generating the ground balls, that's when he's at his best. And you, of course, love to see him limiting the free passes. Obviously, all pitchers try to not put guys on. And when Junior Santos can do that, he generally really has success so you kind of ignore some of the other peripherals for me I'm looking at the big strikeout total not a lot of walks all in all the big takeaways from Junior Santos's outing on Thursday for Binghamton so now we'll move on to our St. Lucie Mets who took on the Lakeland Flying Tigers unfortunately they did lose both of those games in the doubleheader but some players to note, Yoral Martinez doubled and Wilfredo Lara had his 10th homer of the season. Yeah, it's an impressive number for Wilfredo Lara. I mentioned last night, Junior Tillian last year hit 12 homers at age 19. Wilfredo Lara closing in on that number at the same age. Now on the mound in this game, Douglas Oriana started. He was supposed to start on Wednesday, pushed to Thursday. He and Sal Garcia piggyback this game and of note, the two combined to allow just two hard hit balls all game. Oriana actually didn't allow a hit. He did have some control issues, something that plagued him a little bit last year. But still, you love to see both of these guys allowing virtually no hard contact whatsoever in a close game one. Like you mentioned, game two, a 13-6 loss. St. Lucie fought back in the end. It was too little too late. But Carell Paz had two hits. Jet Williams, another hit and two RBI for St. Lucie in the nightcap. So now I think it's a good time to move on to the complex league, Matt. We're going to keep it in Florida, I guess, for a second. Uh, Carlos Dominguez, who led the FSL in home runs with 20 last year, played a rehab game and homered. It's been a season marred by injury for Dominguez, who's only been able to play in 14 games for PSL this season. Yeah, the injury problems for Dominguez has been one of my biggest bummers really across the entire player development system. We had a chance to meet and see Carlos Dominguez up close and personal in spring training. Took a picture with him. Dude is solid. He is rock solid. I mean, those 20 homers, those are <laughs> no wall scrapers. He hits the crap out of the ball. I almost said the S word, Vito, but I held back. I don't do that here. I only do that on that stuff. Um <laughs> But great to see him return, get into some game action, and hit a home run on Thursday. Hopefully he can stay healthy and have a really productive second half of the season. Also on a rehab assignment is Jacob Reimer, who had two RBI on Thursday. It wasn't his first rehab game of the assignment. Reimer actually homered in the first rehab game of this current assignment on July 4th. So Reimer, we've talked about him, is off to a great start to his professional career, working his way back 
from an injury. A good day on Thursday. How about Nick Morabito, Vito? That rhymes, by the way. Ooh, Didn't does. even do it on purpose. No, I wonder what kind of cold cuts Nick Morabito likes. He seems like a that kind of name seems like a guy who likes cold cuts. And no, he likes cullets. He likes cullets. He likes cullets. <laughs> That's it. That could I bet be our- you. I bet you a sandwich. If next time we talk to him, we ask him, are "You a cutlet guy? You are you a cutlet guy or a cold cut guy?" Cutlet guy. We might have an interview tomorrow. Should we ask the interview person? Are they a cutlet or are they a cold cut guy? The last time we uh, we came up with a question during a live recording, and then we we fired it out there. It worked out well, so why not? Which one was that? Christian Scott, do you believe in jinxes? Oh, you're right. So our yeah. our, our question we're going to ask tomorrow is: Are you a cold cuts? Or are you a cutlets guy? I'm Which in. cut do you I, like? I love it. I'm in. You hear the brainstorming live in action. But anyway, Nick Morbido had two more hits on Thursday and an RBI. That slow start is ancient history. His average is up to 280, and his OBP is now 409. If you remember a few weeks ago. Not a few weeks ago. We've only been doing this for a few weeks. A few episodes ago, we were talking about Vito. We've been doing it about a month month now. now. Okay, I guess it was a few weeks ago. We were talking about Jet Williams' OBP, and that was around 420, somewhere around there. And we were saying how that basically means he's almost on base half the time. Look at Nick Morbido. Got off to an incredibly slow start, but he's already got that OBP back up to 409. I mean – that's pretty dang close to half. It is. And like Kevin Parada, who was off to a bit of a slow start, and Jet Williams, all three of these guys in their first full years of pro ball have fully found their footings and are now just each and every day making it happen. So great to see that Nick Morabito, second round pick of the Mets, is really just dominating in the FCL at this current time. And Ernesto Mercedes pitched two scoreless innings in relief, struck out five of the nine batters he faced. He's unscored upon in four of his five outings this season. So you just love to see that. Yep. Talent throughout the entire player development system. And keep in mind, as guys get promoted, we're approaching the all-star break. The minor leagues have an all-star break as well. Futures game coming up on Sunday. The promotions, they trickle down. So it's going to be good for everybody and everyone that's having a good season. Everyone's going to benefit. Ernesto Mercedes having a great stateside debut for the FCL Mets in 2023. So now we'll move on to our Dominican League Mets. DSL Blue faced the DSL Yankees in a doubleheader. Lost game 1-5-1. But then one game 2-14-9. So who's counting, boys? 18-year-old Franklin Gomez started game one, and he had an outing. Oh, did he? Seven strikeouts in 2.2 innings pitched. Now has 27 strikeouts in 16 innings overall. Yeah, Gomez off to a good start to his career. Down with DSL Blue, a thin lefty out of Venezuela, signed by the Mets in January of 2022. A guy to keep an eye on the rest of the way on the DSL Blue Mets team. And we're going to wrap this one up with DSL Orange, who won 4-3 versus the DSL Giants in a walk-off. You know, it's kind of cool when the DSL Mets play a DSL opponent that the that the big boy Mets just played, because we just played the Giants. Well, that's the nice thing about the DSL, is that every team is represented, and they all really play each other, whereas in the FCL, they're not traveling that far, so it's the teams with complexes around them, obviously. Kind of the same thing in the Florida State League, but... DSL Blue and Orange have played the DSL Rangers. They've played, they're playing the DSL Giants. So you really have all the talent in the DSL playing against each other, and that's nice. And they played each other recently. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. They certainly did. And in this game against the DSL Giants for the DSL Orange was Jose Chirinos, who pitched well again with only two runs allowed in five innings pitch. Right now, that's a 2.86 ERA through six starts for the 18-year-old. And Christopher Lara's Vito, you mentioned it was a walk-off victory. Christopher Lara's delivered the walk-off hit, 
for DSL Orange. Lara is a 2023 international free agent. He was ranked number 43 in the entire international free agency class. He picks up the game winner, the walk-off winner, and they have a lot of fun down there. Have you seen the uh, the space helmet and all the different shenanigans they're up to down with the DSL Mets and Orange? No, I really I know that you're big on their social media, and that not that you're like a major like player on their social media who's being seen all the time. I just mean that you really enjoy their social media. So I do need to keep a better eye on them and see these fun shenanigans. Because up until now, I thought the Detroit Tigers had the best. Uh, uh, home run celebration the hockey uh the, the goal it's, it's pretty cool it's cool i like the cheese head with the brewers that's pretty cool too i think home run celebrations are like really becoming a thing right now and i'm like super into it uh, i heard that there's some like some theater kids who have been like actually saying to mlb teams hey we'll come in and we'll like give you a number to do i can't believe that you said you heard this where on the widely effective podcast by Fangraphs, really great podcast. I would love to make them a friend of the show and talk to them sometime. I really enjoy it. They did a really fun episode the other day where they had a conspiracy that what if Otani is actually a set of twins and one of them is a hitter and one of them is a pitcher? And would that take away from the impressiveness or would it be just as impressive that they've been hiding it the whole time? Is it like uh, like two two children stacked on each other in, in a trench coat? Is it that kind of a thing or it's... No, they're saying that there's just twins. And then oh, like- it's like a Michelle and... Uh- Mary yes. Kay and Ashley Olsen from yes. Michelle from Full House. Yes. There, Johnny said he doesn't watch TV shows and he just quoted one. Let's go. All right. There it is. Well, there it is. That, that's the way to end the show. We're going to leave on a high <laughs> note. Johnny Quotes is in the building. He just got a TV reference. I'm having a ball. We will see you all in the future. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Some stock music. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday morning. Take care. <laughs>